What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. We are doing the part two of mine and Layla's training journey saga on today's episode. So this episode dives into definitely more of like the training. I talk a lot about how I've grown as an owner and a human, uh, different methods, all of the really fun stuff. And so your, if you had questions, they will probably be answered more so in this episode than what they were in the last episode. And just to preface, I know that I say this in the episode, but I want to say it again. This is not me telling you how to train your dog. This is just me telling you about my experience um, and sharing some examples of things that have happened um, or that we went through. And that is solely so that I could build off of that to tell you, you know, what I learned from it, how we have grown, how things have changed, how they have evolved. So again, this is not me telling you how to train your dog. This is just me telling you about our experience And I don't think that I've ever really done a full recap of this on the podcast. And so you'll get to learn a lot about me, a lot about Layla. And if you haven't like went back through our Instagram and really looked at things over time, this will give you a breakdown of of all of that. It's kind of like the, the spark notes of our Instagram, basically. So... If you have any questions that come up during this podcast episode, feel free to DM me or reach out via email and I will get back to you if it's something that is, you know, a pretty broad question or maybe a lot of people have that question. I might answer it through, you know, on our stories or post or a reel and just kind of get that like collective information out there. But definitely feel free to reach out to me and I would love to hear your feedback on an episode like this. I definitely ramble towards the end because I think my mind was just going in a million different directions because there's so much that I could say about some of these different things and various topics but kind of had a timeline because I had to get off at a certain point whenever I was initially recording this episode. So I hope you enjoy Reach out to me if you have any questions, and I hope you enjoy this episode with yours truly. No matter the age of your pet, so much planning is involved when setting them up for success. From the hours of training, to the socialization, to the confidence building. But have you ever considered that the thing causing them a difference in their behavior, whether it's agitation or anxiety, might be a bit more complex than just training? This past year, I began to factor in how Layla's digestion could be affecting her behavior and mood. I didn't previously consider this because it really isn't something that you can outwardly see, nor could she communicate that to me. But after reading her food label, I decided to find a brand that was more balanced, holistic, and fueled her for all of our training and play sessions. But I still wanted it to be convenient for me and all of our trips and even hand feeding. This is when Solid Gold entered our lives. Layla was immediately obsessed with their food and I am equally obsessed with the benefits she gets from it. Up to 80% of a pet's immune system is influenced by the gut, making the nutrients, vitamins, and minerals so important to your pet's overall health and well-being, which, you guessed it, also includes things like their nervous system and behavior. Layla has been eating Solid Gold's new Nutrient Boost line, which is powered by plasma, making it extra nutritious, extra delicious, and providing extra immunity. The added plasma ingredient works to reduce inflammation and increase absorption, making sure that she gets every nutrient possible in her little tummy. And all of this is in kibble form, making it extremely easy and functional for us. 
Beyond their large variety of customizable food, Solid Gold also makes meal toppers, flavorful bone broths, and supplements. You can snag their products on Amazon, Chewy, Petco, and PetSmart. And find all the details about Solid Gold on their website, solidgoldpet.com. That's also linked in the show notes. Layla assures you that you will not regret checking out Solid Gold for your pet. Hello, everybody. I am back on the microphone to record part two of our training journey. So part one was honestly just like a lot of background, like I was thinking about it and it was just like, it wasn't really anything like training. It was more about my feelings towards Layla, a lot of background on how we got her. But I feel like having that knowledge is really important for the rest of our training journey because the way that I was feeling at the time. So I kind of like broke it down into segments. So I broke it down into like before we got Layla and then like kind of like whenever we first got her and then from um, like when we got her to about her first birthday and up until her first birthday, like we weren't training at all. And so I felt like knowing how I was feeling during those times is like it's it kind of is like a a, what's that called like um a forward no like um I can't think of what it's called but it's kind of like the way I was feeling at that time was like really it, it was gonna affect how I trained her and like what I did in the next time segment so I went through the you know whenever we first got her and whenever I like was just getting really annoyed with her (laughs) and kind of those like anxious, annoying, frustrated feelings were what got me like really into training her. And so just to kind of recap what I talked about in the last one. So you know, whenever we first got Layla, I didn't really want any responsibilities over her. And then COVID happened um, I was working from home. My fiance got a job. He was out for weeks at a time doing travel work. And so I had to take on a lot more responsibility for Layla at the time, but we had no relationship. Um, I felt like we were really just coexisting a lot of the time. So like no real play or training or really even cuddling even like she really did not like to cuddle until she was probably a year and a half old, I would say. Um, and I did like the bare minimum of taking care of her. Like she free roamed, she free fed, um, you know, she got taken on walks, but she was really scared to go off of our street just for various things. And so we just walked on our street, which led her to having, you know, like very, little exercised and she wasn't exposed to a whole lot and you know she just really didn't have a good energy outlet but at the time that's how I felt like we could keep under threshold for her and myself because I also could not really handle her reactions I didn't know how to handle myself I didn't know how to handle her and I am the type of person to freeze when I come in contact with conflict. Um, So any kind of conflict I freeze and that also goes with my dog. So if we were walking and she started having a reaction or she wasn't listening to me, I would get really frustrated and I would kind of shut down. So it wasn't a good situation for us to be out walking where I thought that she might have a reaction to like the busy things and the different sounds. And so she started getting really annoying by chewing on things and like she wouldn't really listen to me at all and she would really only listen to Bobby and when I would get angry she would show some signs of aggression like barking at me, showing her teeth Um, and I felt like she hated me which made me not really like her and she definitely was giving me hell at moments. Um, I definitely resented her 
for a period of time just because I was already anxious with some things going on in my life. And then her on top of it, it was like I couldn't run away from her because we lived in the same house. (laughs) So I was an anxious mess, everything going on. Um, I couldn't get away from her. And I was like really angry at the world because like I said before, I didn't really want this responsibility. I wasn't really the one who wanted a dog in this relationship. So I was like angry because I didn't sign up for this. This dog wasn't really even supposed to be mine. It was supposed to be more Bobby's, but because he worked and I, I worked from home, um, you know, I was with her more. I had to take on more responsibility and we had no relationship and I didn't really feel like I had the time to put into a train, like training a dog and building this relationship. And I don't know, it just was like, we were butting heads all the time. So I resented her because of all the problems she was causing me. And I guess like really the final straw was she started to have barrier aggression whenever she would go into her crate, whenever we would shut the crate door, she would, um, stick her head out or she would jump out and bark and growl and snarl and she had no problem once she was in her crate and like the door was locked but it was the actual closing and locking of the crate door she would get aggressive with both me and Bobby and that was something that we really didn't know how to fix because we knew we couldn't muzzle her in the crate because we couldn't leave her muzzled for eight hours like overnight or while we were gone and It just didn't feel like something we could overcome. We tried different things. We tried some, you know, rewarding and building a positive association with the crate, like redoing that because we had already done that whenever she was a puppy. And it was kind of just like the flip switched one day and we had no idea what to do. I talked to several different trainers and nothing was really working. Um, Whenever I was trying to do it with... Um, like positive reinforcement, there were times that she bit my hand um, just because I had gotten too close to the crate door and she was over a threshold. And it was just, a, it was honestly like really traumatic. Like I really hated it. <laughs> I don't want to get any more like really into that because I could go on about that specific subject all day, but it was definitely like a barrier aggression. So that on top of her reactivity outside and just like general fearfulness to busy streets and sounds and like skateboards and different objects, um, it really took a toll on me because I am a very outside perspective driven person. And so seeing her act that way I felt as if it was a reflection of me and how I was as a dog owner. And so it really fueled my anxiety and my ego, especially, um, you know, my ego wanted me to seem perfect, which meant Layla also needed to be perfect since she was my dog. And it was like an extension of me. So I think, you know, where we go from here, that's kind of the recap. And now I'm moving on into like the next time segment, which would be from her first birthday, which is October 30th. So we started the next day training and doing a training with an e-caller. And then that time period goes from like November until about March of the following year. So March, 2021. And then from March of 2021 until now, I consider that a time segment. So, um, yeah, I think I covered, you know, I was looking for quick fixes for especially like the crate situation. And, you know, I wanted it fixed ASAP because my anxiety was like going through the roof and like I really could not handle it anymore. And the two big things that I was really looking to cover was the crate aggression when we were closing her door and for her to just listen to me. I didn't even care about like her fear on walks at this time. I just like wanted her to listen to me in the house because It was even getting to the point that, you know, if I would like ask her to get off the couch or something like that, she would look at me and snarl or look at me and bark. And it was just like, we always were butting heads. It was, it was so exhausting and we had no relationship at all. 
I felt like we were just two living things in the same house and we fended for ourselves besides me putting food in, in her bowl and me walking her. Um, but I felt like I was always anticipating conflict with her, which probably added to the situation because she was probably reading my energy and could tell that I was like stressed and anxious to even be around her. Um, so it was just like, you know, not, not a great time. <laughs> okay. So going into this next part, it's definitely more of like the training aspects of it. Um, I'm still going to cover, you know, my emotions during these periods because I think that plays a big role. So going into this next part, I just really want to start off by acknowledging that this isn't me trying to tell people how to train their dogs. And honestly, parts of this make me kind of cringe because I have learned and grown and experimented and found like what works for us now, especially like the quick fix mentality. I used to want things done as soon as possible. And like that kind of mentality makes me cringe because I know that it's a process. (laughs) But I just want to say I was working with the knowledge and the emotions that I had at the time and that my emotions greatly affected my logic. And so this isn't me trying to tell you how to train your dog. You you train your dog, you know, how you want to, but I just feel like, you know, all of this encompasses our training journey that has gotten us to where we are today. And I also want to acknowledge that each dog is very different. So something that works or didn't work for us might very well work for your dog. So yes. Okay. Let's get started on, I guess, part three. So this is like the time segment three in this whole thing. All right. So after we were having all these problems and I started looking for a trainer um, and looking for answers because It was basically either try to mend my relationship with Layla and train her and, you know, fix all of this, all these issues, or rehome her. And I just, like, could not stand the thought of rehoming a dog. Even though I resented her, I could not stand the thought of doing that. So I think that could have also been a part of my ego you know maybe my ego was telling me like you can't get rid of a dog because only like bad people do that I know that that's not the case now I know that you know there are times that people do need to rehome their dog for various circumstances and they're doing the most responsible thing that they can but my ego was telling me don't do that um and so I started to reach out to trainers. Nothing was really looking for us. And one day I was on Instagram and an account that I had followed had reposted a pretty popular uh, dog training account and they used an e-collar. And the branding was just very much like this will fix your dog no matter what the problem was. Um, And so I, you know, I was looking for that quick fix at the moment. I was looking for something that would solve all of our issues and get it done as fast as possible. But I did not want to send Layla to a board and train because I wanted to do the work myself. I wanted to build this relationship with her. I knew that I needed to do this and like, and like really mend all of these, what I felt like were broken pieces. So I scheduled a virtual call with this trainer. I told her everything that was going on. She assured me that the e-collar would be a really great way to fix all of these things. And, you know, I thought that this was great, amazing, love it. Okay, cool. So I rescheduled um, another virtual training with her to actually learn how to use the e-collar. So I had purchased the mini educator. I trained with her to learn how to use the e-collar and, um, you know, I felt like good to go. So the following week I, you know, started working with Layla on the e-collar and the good thing about the e-collar was that I was able to correct her in her crate without the fear of her coming out and biting me Or, you know, honestly, I could interrupt her quick enough that she couldn't even get out of the crate. 
Um, and so, and that was, you know, that was great. And so I feel like these probably when this started was like November. So from November until March, Layla's life went from a lot of freedom, a lot of whatever she wanted to do. <laughs> you know, she free roamed, she free fed, meaning that she had access to anywhere in the house, basically anytime besides nighttime and whenever we left because we would crate her. And I would give her food just in the morning, put it in her bowl, and she would eat whenever she wanted to. And so whenever I started really getting into training with her, it, her life became extremely structured and she didn't really have a lot of freedom anymore. She didn't really have a lot of liberty and there were a lot of boundaries put into place. And at the time, that's what I felt like we really needed. Um, I felt like I needed control over her. That really helped with my anxiety. I felt like we were in a good place. I felt like I could control her. And I like looking back on it now, I felt like it was very one-sided. I felt like it was me telling her what to do and me never taking the time to listen to what she wanted. She was definitely getting all of her needs met. She was getting food. She was getting plenty of exercise. Um, we were still only walking on our street because I didn't know at the time how to desensitize her to certain things and like I said my goal was to just for her to listen to me inside the house and then to work on the crate problem so during this time um I used the e-caller in one way and I actually use it completely different now so during this time I interrupted her a lot and so I would tap on the e-collar if she would even look at a squirrel, look at another dog, even if she looked like she might bark in her crate, if she looked like she might growl, might snarl in her crate whenever we were going to close the door. Um, I felt like I never really even got to see what her innate response would be to some of these triggers and if she could like manage her emotions herself I just kind of assumed that she was going to make a bad decision and therefore I would like correct her before we even before she even had time to react you know I just kind of anticipated that she was going to make a bad decision therefore I would tap on the e-collar and go on kind of thing just kind of like make sure that she wasn't gonna do anything bad um and letting instead of letting her respond herself and like see if she could manage her emotions and overcome the trigger herself if that makes sense um really like those three months or four months from like november december january and february I felt like I just really, really wanted control over her, and I felt like I got that. I honestly did. I felt like I got that. I felt like everything was very black and white between us, and, you know, I got the quick fix, right? I Like, I got the quick fix that I was looking for, if that makes sense, and so, yeah, you know, I, I look back on that time, and like, I do feel like it was essential to get us to where we are today, but I feel like I could have set some of those boundaries, but still given Layla the space that she deserved to communicate and respond on her own and build our relationship in other ways besides me just being like a drill sergeant. And I know that with some dogs, uh, if you click on or tap on the e-collar whenever they see a trigger that could work for them and that's great I know lots of dogs and owners and teams that do that and that is great um like I said this isn't me telling you how to train your dog this is just me telling you my experience um and this also I'm sure some people probably know the trainer that I'm talking about this isn't like a bash towards her this is just me figuring out over time how these tools work for us and 
what kind of training works for us. And so what I want to say is whenever I was tapping on the e-collar, whenever she would even look at a trigger, such as a squirrel or another dog, or if I felt like she was about to bark in her crate or get aggressive in her crate, I would tap on the e-collar before she even did anything really. Um, And I feel like what that did for us is it made Layla really, really anxious around those other things. Like it made her anxious around squirrels and it made her anxious around other dogs. And like I could tell her energy would build up even before we like saw a trigger. So there was this one particular dog on our street that um, it would always bark and I could tell that Layla was loading whenever we were going by it. And, you know, I, I felt like she might react. So I would go ahead and tap on the e-collar and, you know, we would go on whatever. And what I would notice is before we even got to that house on our street, she would start showing like really anxious tendencies and start acting like really off. And so I put two and two together. And for us, Layla is very, very smart and she anticipates a lot. I think that's part of the hurting breeds in her. And so what I was finding is that she would anticipate the e-collar tap and would start like acting really, really anxious. And so for us, I didn't really feel like that worked because I felt like it just added on stress to her. So that might not be the case with your dog, but it was the case with our, with us. Um, and so during this time, that's how I was using the e-collar. And like I said, we were very structured. We were very routine. Um, and I felt like we, I felt like a drill sergeant. I mean, looking back on it now, that's kind of how I felt. And everything was very one-sided. It was like me telling her what to do. I didn't really feel like I gave her any room or space to communicate back to, to me. I will say we made a lot of strides during that month um, in terms of working on different functional skills, Um, like even beyond e-collar training, you know, she learned a really solid heel. She learned a really um, solid middle. We started working on recall. We started working on like a lot of the functional skills that we still use today, Um, but we weren't really doing any kind of like desensitization work and confidence building, and it was all just very like black and white, if that makes sense. Definitely during this time, we made progress with her crate. Um, She definitely wasn't reacting every time we went to go close the crate door, but there were times that she still would. And so I never really figured out what was going on there until until kind of like March, April-ish time, um, which I'll get into that later. We were making strides in a lot of places. My anxiety was starting to reduce partially because of the things going on in my life were not as stressful. And then partially because I felt like I was like getting ahead and like getting a grip on what me and Layla were doing. And like she was such a big part of my life because we lived together, obviously, and I worked from home. So like I needed her to to fit in my life, if that makes sense. And looking back on it, this mentality was definitely ran by my anxious tendencies. It was definitely ran by my ego, I felt like. And it just didn't seem like a relationship, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like my anxiety was getting better, but there was still like a missing piece of, of the puzzle. So that really covers a lot of, you know, some of the things that we worked on and my mentality and what we were really doing, um, during that, that time segment, something else that I will say that we really made strides on during those four months was grooming. Um, but I felt like, there's one particular video that I look back on now and I do cringe about it. Um, so I would have Layla in a very certain position whenever we would groom her. 
and or whenever I would groom her and if she came out of that position I would tap on the e-collar and I felt like it wasn't like it was very one-sided again you know I she, I wasn't really letting her communicate her feelings and you know what she wanted to do and like I, I just never really gave her a chance for her to even tell me that it was uncomfortable like I just really anticipated that I don't know if she lifted her head up out of that position she was gonna snarl or bark or bite whatever and yeah I just hmm, looking back on it it does make me cringe and we do have methods of doing like grooming and you know different things like that differently now but yeah you know I just feel like a lot of it during that time was very strict very one-sided and I definitely felt like something was missing So that leads us into the next segment, which started in March of 2021. And I'm going to take a quick water break so that my throat doesn't get really sore on you guys. (laughs) So I feel like some people are probably listening to this and are thinking, wow, Caroline is a shitty person. She's a shitty dog mom. And she didn't let her dog have fun. Like, no. I, you know, Layla did get play and different things like that during the time. But I feel like during those four months, whenever I would let her play, it was still very like play by herself. I didn't really play with her, if that makes sense. I was only looking for the functional stuff. And to me, play didn't really seem functional, which now I know so much better. Um, and I know so much more. And so it's really important to remember if you are ever like looking back on your journey with anything to remember that you were working with what you had the knowledge at the time and what your emotions were telling you at the time. And sometimes emotions really do affect logic. Um, so getting into part three, this would start at like March ish of 2021. So I saw on Instagram this, account this trainer that was going to do a 30 days of play and it was to really build your relationship with your dog and it was gonna you know do some other things like and she was teaching you um during these 30 days how could you use how you could use play to overcome certain challenges and you know it's really great energy outlet and different things um like the different types of play and just like a lot of stuff that I really didn't know um like body language that was another one you know there was just like a lot of things that I was like oh that's interesting like I didn't know that play could be this effective and this like this really great thing like I didn't realize that playing with your dog could be a really great thing (laughs) and it sounds so silly for me to say now but looking back on it I just was like wanted Layla to fit into my life and so I just you know was kind of being a drill sergeant so I saw this and I did feel like we were missing a piece of the puzzle like there were definitely times that you know I felt like things were getting kind of stagnant things were plateauing a bit and so I was like there's there's a missing link I just I don't know what it was And I saw this challenge and decided to do it. And so I started doing the 30 days of play with Layla. And one of the things that I really wanted to work on was overcoming her fear of certain things like skateboards and sounds and going to new places. Um, Because that was something that we hadn't tackled yet. I feel like in the last segment, you know, I got what I wanted Um, which was for her to listen to me inside. And we, you know, were continuously working on the crate stuff and had made strides there. So in this next segment, I, I, or this next, you know, time period, especially at the start of this challenge, I was really looking to overcome some of those fears with her. And that way, you know, maybe we could walk outside of our street because still up until this point, up until March, of 2021 we were still only walking on our street and you know I couldn't really take her a lot of places and that limited us and I started to see how that limited us 
Um, And so we did the 30 days of play, and this was like the most transformative process ever. It was so, so, so great for us. I was able to start working on her fear of skateboards with play. I was able to start taking her to new places and utilizing play. And I didn't really realize how beneficial play could be for us. It really helped me learn so much about her, her body language, how to like read, you know, kind of her energy levels, you know, and it was like, that's our bonding time now. And so whenever we started doing that, I started to see really big shifts in our communication, how she responded to me, you know, outside of training, even just like just naturally responded whenever, you know, I was around her or said her name, you know, it was, it was a much more enthusiastic. And up until this time, I used to always have to have, um, I would train her like with in a room with the door shut or outside. And I would have to have, or make sure that Bobby was out of the room or wasn't outside with us because, If Bobby was out there, she would gravitate towards him and would, you know, if I was, if I was training her, she would break out of whatever kind of training we were doing to go be with him. And so that was something that was still really hard for me to overcome because she would definitely, you know, listen to him or look towards him instead of ever looking towards me. And she would still ignore some of the things that I was trying to get her to do if he was around. Um, And so whenever we started playing throughout this month, I started to notice that that was becoming less and less of a thing. And I still remember to this day that she like was, we were outside training and I released her from like a sit or a down stay and Bobby was outside And I remember her starting to walk towards Bobby and then turn around and come back to me. And that was like a huge moment for us because up until this point, she had always gravitated towards Bobby. And not that I like really want her to choose one of us or the other, but it was just kind of like this acknowledgement of like, you know, I kind of still want to see what mom's doing and like, I want to be around mom and like... It was just like this really life-changing moment for our relationship because it gave me the confidence that I needed. Like, oh, Layla does want to be around me. Like, oh, Layla's choosing me. You know, this is crazy. Layla's choosing me. That's wild. And, you know, it wasn't that I wanted her to choose me or Bobby. It was just like a really nice acknowledgement that she like did want to be around me and did choose me. And it gave me like this really big confidence boost that I think I needed. And I don't think that we would have gotten to that point if it weren't for playing and me learning more about her and learning how to communicate better with her and um, really bonding over playing. So after the 30 days of play, there were still some functional things that I wanted to work on her with, especially recall. But I really started to shift our training from like one-sided me telling her to do, me telling her what to do, to making it more fun, more like relationship-based, and really like incorporating a lot of play into our training sessions. And so from that point on, I was really working on Like, I think the big functional thing was recall, but beyond that, I was working on a lot of confidence things with her. So a lot of like desensitization and just overall confidence building. Um, And so we did a lot of desensitization to a skateboard. Like we would play and I would roll around a skateboard and I would teach her how to, you know, get up on a skateboard and like really just fun things like that. We started box feeding, which is a really cool skill to help desensitize to different noises. And Layla's very noise sensitive. So this was like huge for us. Um, I also did box feeding with the skateboard, like 
um, you know, rolling around the skateboard while we were box feeding. And I'm not really going to get into what box feeding is. I have a whole highlight about that on my Instagram if you are interested. And we started doing a lot of different like explorations and jumping on things and different obstacles and you know, just a lot of really fun things, but they helped her confidence so much. It was crazy. And so that along with just the general like bonding activities that we were doing, um, you know, really through play and getting her energy out through play and through really just effective and beneficial ways that not only benefited her, but it benefited us, I started to see just like this really big shift. And during this time, I was also really starting to work on myself in different areas. So my medication was really regulated at this point. So my anxiety was, you know, trying to, my anxiety was, you know, lessening and really starting to be managed at that point. And I also started to go to therapy, which doesn't really seem like it would help my dog, but <laughs> you know, during this process, I started to learn a lot about myself. Um, I think you know, I started to learn a lot about my ego, my insecurities, and I started to take steps to let go of those different insecurities and different parts of my ego. And because of that, I was able to break down some of these walls that were making me look at Layla in a certain way. And so, you know, I stopped seeing her so much as like an extension of me, which really helped take a lot of pressure off of us. And I started to realize that it was a process and a journey and that this wasn't just going to be a quick fix situation for a lot of these things. And that a lot of these things also require maintenance. Um, And so, you know, some of her skills, you know, if you don't do them, she might lose them. Um, Or if I, you know, go a while without rolling around the skateboard, she might get fearful, a little bit fearful of it again. And maybe not to the extent um, that she was at the beginning, but, you know, maybe some of those anxious tendencies or fearful tendencies would come out again. And so I started to realize all of these things and it started to really make a shift in my mentality with training and with my relationship towards her. I also started to learn more about dogs in general. Um, So like their body language, how they communicate and, you know, just different, basically just ways that dogs can be different. Like how, like what makes them an individual? What, what are their quirks? What are their individual quirks that is? And, you know, how, how do I need to tweak some of these things that I see on Instagram or learn during courses or learn from different trainers? How do I need to tweak those so that it works for Layla and works for us? And so that's when I started to use the e-collar a little bit differently. I started to uh, really just try to soak in any information from a trainer and then internalize it and figure out how it would work best for us, like I said. And I really just started to, I guess, like just really let go of my ego in a lot of different ways. And I'll, I'll give a really good example of that here in a second. But I want to first get into um, how I was using the e-collar differently. Layla is a very hard dog. Like she's physically tough. <laughs> And she's also pretty, like, socially tough. Um, And so I know a lot of people, they can, you know, act really stern or act frustrated or angry with their dog. And their dog picks up on that and will stop whatever they're doing. And Layla just wasn't that kind of dog. Um, she is a bit more sensitive to my emotions now. And if I get stern or, you know, raise my voice with her, but she really is not that sensitive to it. (laughs) Um, and so I learned with her that even though she's not very sensitive 
to my voice and like raising my voice or my energy levels and emotion, that kind of thing. Um, she is very sensitive and responsive to spatial pressure and then the physical pressure like with an e-collar or um, physical pressure if I were to like step in front of her and touch her in a certain way. Um, or with like a prong collar. So I started also utilizing the prong collar in like March or April, I think. Um, but I learned of a different way to use the e-collar because I realized the way that I was using it sometimes, um, especially with tapping on the e-collar before she would even react to a thing, um, that it just wasn't beneficial for us. It was like actually causing more anxiety for her. And so, you know, I actually stopped using the e-collar for about a month and whenever she would react or would do something inappropriate, I didn't really know how to tell her no and that it was wrong. So at this time, I like really was starting to look to other trainers and just really soak in a lot of knowledge. And I found this one trainer and she told me of a different way to use an e-collar, which was to basically only correct them if they were doing the inappropriate behavior or reacting. So whereas initially I was tapping on the e-collar if she would even look at a trigger, now the way that I use it is if she starts reacting inappropriately, like barking and lunging at another dog, I will use the e-collar to uh, interrupt her, get her attention back on me. I tell her no, which is our like punish marker. And then I quote unquote punish her which I feel like is a little strange for me to say. <laughs> I guess the word punishment, you know, has a really like negative connotation to it. And it probably sounds like, you know, I just like torture my dog in the next, you know, after this, like after I tell her no. Um, but I don't, I don't torture my dog. <laughs> you know, whenever I say I punish her, that could either be, spatial pressure or, you know, I will use the e-collar again to apply pressure or take away the object that is causing the over arousal, whatever the case may be. But now I basically work, you know, if, if something happens and I do need to correct and punish her, how it happens now is that she reacts inappropriately. I interrupt her. I tell her no, and then I punish her. And then, you know, that could look uh, different for different scenarios, but I do use the e-collar in those types of situations. And so one thing that I do want to point out is that over time, these types of scenarios have become far and few between. And I think that's because of two things. I think it's one, because we have a very good clear communication system. Um, there are different markers that I use. You know, if she's getting in a certain direction, I tell her, uh-uh, she comes back. You know, if she's looking at a dog that she might react to, I tell her, leave it. She looks at me. I give her a treat. Good job. You left it. Um, that could also be with squirrels, you know, whatever the case may be. And so I feel like our communication system is a lot better. And the expectations for things, you know, are very well known between the both of us. And I also feel like just because I have such an emphasis on our relationship now, and especially through play, she gets her energy out in, you know, various outlets. And because of that, it helps her, you know, handle her emotions and regulate and overcome some of these situations better that she may react to. In the first couple of months that I was training her or like really getting into training with her, I truthfully did not realize like how important having that energy outlet was for a dog and how that could affect their reactivity because whenever she would see a trigger and would start reacting, she would have all this built up energy and that was her outlet. But if I could give her an outlet, you know, 
especially like at the beginning of the day. So if we do like a morning play session, I notice that her overall arousal and like energy levels and the way that she's able to regulate and handle things is so much better. Um, And so really like in combination with our communication getting better, the way that I was using the e-collar getting better, um, our relationship and playing and those confidence building exercises, I really started to see her reactivity to things go down. Um, So that was with the crate. I started to see less reactions with the crate. I started to see less reactions, uh, fearful reactions to things like different sounds and skateboards. And so in those cases, she was no longer fleeing. She was no longer running to the end of her leash and what I would call a flight risk. She was, you know, maybe still a little timid, but she would look towards me to help her guide through those situations because we were doing some of those confidence building scenarios and uh, confidence building activities in controlled environments where, you know, in those kind of controlled environments, I was never really, I was making sure that she never went over threshold. And in those situations, she learned to look to to me um, instead of running away. And then, you know, in terms of her reactions towards like dogs and squirrels, we learned how to manage those through proper communication and, uh, you know, punishment so that she could learn like yes and no, basically. And so I feel like that really covers it all. Um, You know, starting to play and having more of like a relationship focus so that I was learning more about her and learning how to read her and was giving her opportunities to let out that energy. And I was also working on myself. So like my mindset was a lot better and I was able to handle things a lot better because I had a clearer headspace and I was able to think through things a little bit more logically instead of letting my emotions just go on this roller coaster and reacting myself. Um, so because of all of that, I feel like I was able to become a better dog owner for her and was able to help her navigate. And we really just started to build this really great relationship into what we have today. So now I feel like I can't live without her. (laughs) But, you know, two years ago at this time, I didn't, couldn't live with her. I couldn't stand her. Um, You know, rehoming was something that was thrown around and I resented her for a period of time. So we have really made strides (laughs) to say the least. I feel like I have grown tremendously as a dog owner and as a human. Oh, something that that I did want to point out was that, you know, whenever I first started really getting into training, I still let my ego run my decisions a lot of the times. And one of the things that I have recently been reflecting on a lot is that I would try to prove ourselves as much as possible. And so a really great example of this was that if I saw an opportunity for us to be challenged, I would take it. Um, Regardless of if I thought I could handle it, if Layla could handle it, um, you know, I, I didn't really ever assess her threshold levels at the beginning That was something that I didn't really think about. And so I would try to put us in various scenarios to prove that we could do it. Um, And so I caught myself thinking about this the other day, and that's what made me start reflecting on it. So the other day we were walking and I had to, Layla had just pooped and I needed to throw away her poop. And so there were two trash cans. There was one that was like, a little bit farther away, but like it wasn't really going to take a lot of energy to throw my, to throw her poop bag away at that trash can. I mean, it was like maybe 20 extra feet or there was a trash can that was closer by, but there were 
there was a, an owner with two dogs on flexi leashes there. And they didn't really look like they were um, controlled by the owner, basically. Um, I felt like, you know, if we went by that one, they might come up to us and then, you know, I'd have to do whatever. And so I thought to myself, you know, I could go to the trash can by the dogs and quote unquote prove ourselves, prove that we can be around dogs without Layla having a reaction or anything bad going on. Or I could take her to the one that's like 20 feet farther away and, you know, not have to worry about any of that. And, you know, I know that like we're fine around other dogs and I don't really have to prove ourselves every chance that we get. And so, you know, I kind of thought to myself, like, why would I even go over to the one with the dogs? Like, I know it's like, we're fine. Like, we can just go to this other one and like me not even put her in that situation where the dogs could come up to us. But I thought to myself, that's something that I would have used to do. I would have used to put us in that situation to prove that we could have done that. Um, and I've caught myself thinking about that a lot recently, ever since I've acknowledged it and realized that I used to do that. I've seen these opportunities where I could have proved ourselves or I could just like keep us both under threshold and not put Layla in that situation and just go and do the other thing. And it's really not even out of our way that much. So that's one way that I have really grown as a dog owner. Another way is just really starting to have empathy for others and having a really open mindset. So I used to think like flexi leashes are the the devil. And now I think like they're one of the greatest tools and they have helped us tremendously work on Layla's recall. And, you know, I used to think that if you claimed that you were one type of training or the other that, you know, one made you more superior and one, you know, didn't know as much and, you know, they were closed-minded and this and that. So I feel like I've really started to understand that people do what's best for their dog. And sometimes it might look like they train in a certain way. And that doesn't mean that they're more superior or anything. It just, you know, means that they're doing what they think is best for their dog. And I'm doing what I think is best for my dog. And that shouldn't really come with any judgment, you know, regardless of how you train or what you use and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably all know. And just the amount of empathy that I've started to have towards other people, even outside of of dog training, has just been really, really great. Um, And I think that has come with starting to have empathy for myself as well. And so because of that, I've started to have empathy for myself, for Layla, for other people. And it's really just grown into this really great thing for me as a human being because I've seen so much personal development, you know, which kind of just goes back to, you know, why I started this podcast and what I'm doing, what I'm doing on Instagram and sharing all of these things because we all grow and learn and experience different things. Okay, I think this wraps up this episode. This really encompasses like I feel like all of our training journey into where we are at today. Yeah. So I guess just to like recap really quickly on where we are now. So now um, we are really like relationship based. I really put priority on things like playing. I really uh, focus on some different functional things that we try to work on every week, which is like uh, heal, middle, recall, stay, grooming, Um, and different like confidence building activities like box feeding and climbing on different things and going to new places to adventure. Um, I really put priority on making sure Layla has a really good outlet for her energy because she is a very high energy dog and uh, our communication, um, you know, whether it's verbally or, you know, with the e-collar and using that kind of pressure and my marker words. And I think the last thing is, you know, really just making sure that I am in a good place emotionally and with my mindset. And that means that, you know, I make sure I take my medicine and go to therapy and don't hold things in and don't bottle things up and try to take 
time for myself when I can because I know that really makes a difference for how I am able to handle myself and how I react to different things that may go on go on around me. Whew. I feel like I have talked so much. I have talked almost an hour and I actually do have to cut myself off of here because I have something to do. <laughs> okay. I'm going to wrap this up. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about our training experience. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out and message me. And remember that having a growth and open mindset can really change you, can really change your dog. And I hope you get to play with your dog today. Okay, that's it. I have to go. Bye. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.